Okay, well, we'll stick with NIV. Read the scripture there. And you've had time to turn there already if you wanted to. <coughs> I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know his love, this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Okay. All right. Is it because of that water the one time? <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, you are amazing, and uh, we are here because you are here, and uh, we ask that you would have your way with uh, the message, that you would give me the words you want me to say, and if there's anything that you don't want me to say, Lord, just have us forget it. Thank you, Lord, that you are amazing, and thank you for all the guidance and the strength that you give us. Amen. So last time, I talked to you about uh, how I, I absolutely hate public speaking. And uh, I was absolutely terrible at it, too, until God told me he wanted me to do public speaking. I don't know what God is thinking. In fact, I, I, I basically wanted him to ask me to do anything else with my life except for going to ministry. Like, I love, I love uh, helping out at church, but I, I never wanted to do ministry. And then, of course, that's exactly what God asked me to do, specifically the public speaking part. Uh, he didn't even give me a job as some other kind of uh, ministry person where I don't have to do public speaking. He gave me the job where I have to do the public speaking. But I, like, obviously, I'm able to get words out. My brain and my tongue are working together, basically because God's just like shooting me with a thunderbolt to get it all to come out, because otherwise that, it wouldn't work. Um, I, it, I'm amazed every time that I do speak, because I, I, I know what I used to be like, and I know what I am like if you were to get me up here any other time. It, I can only do this if God asks me to do this. When anybody else asks me to do this, I'm absolutely terrified. But um, I, I think it's, is it in James? Uh, one of the books somewhere it says, um, no, it's John, uh, one of the Johns, perfect love casts out all fear. Because God's love, he doesn't want us to live a life of fear. And when we're in heaven, Someday, maybe we'll all be able to do public speaking. Until then, not everybody is able to, and I'm not able to the rest of the time. And, and last, God has been talking to me um, a number of times, different messages that I've preached, that I need to stop clinging to my notes. Because I, I cling to the notes, and it, that God and I have worked on those notes. But then he says, okay, you've had your training wheels, now it's time to go. You don't need to cling to those training wheels. Um, now, sometimes you have to have notes because I, I have scriptures and stuff written down in there. And um, so it's, it's very helpful to have some things on notes. But there's other times that God's like, Tyler, you're clinging to this as if this is more important than God Almighty. 
I, I use these training wheels as if they're more important than the bike itself. Um, and so I'm like, there's no way God's going to let me use notes next time I'm here. I was so wrong. He said, here's your driver's permit. Try these notes. They are motorized. So we'll see how this goes. God is good. And, you know, sometimes we're always got to work. We always need to work with God. And he works with us. He works in us and through us. And then there comes a time, different times, where we need to say, okay, God, I've done all that you wanted me to do. Your turn. <laughs> we just let him do what he's going to do. So here I, here I have notes. I'm surprised too. But um, working our way through this scripture, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. God wants to strengthen us with power, his power, not no kind of earthly power that we can come across or search for. He wants to give us his power through his spirit. When we follow God, when we say to God, Lord, I want to live for you. I give my life to you. Help me to live for you and forgive me for the things that I've done and help me to move forward in the ways that you have for me. When we give our lives to God, he fills us with his Holy Spirit. God Almighty is living inside of us. That's pretty amazing because I'm pretty sure we're not worthy of God Almighty being with us 24-7. But he loves us so much. He fills us with his Holy Spirit so we can do things that we never would have dreamed of doing. And he does this in our inner being, deep inside of us. The depths of our hearts is where he wants to be, where he wants to fill us and transform us into the greatest version of ourselves that we could ever possibly be. Lots of times, I think people, especially when they become Christian, they get concerned. And I think as Christians, still, a lot of us, we get very concerned because we don't want God to change us into something else. But God made us his masterpiece, as it says in Ephesians 2.10. We are God's handiwork. It's not that he's changing us, what he's doing is he's looking at this, uh, this and, uh, you know, people pollute us or we're polluted by all sorts of things that happen to us and go on in our lives. And God's trying to take all that stuff out. And he's like, why do you have this fear of that? Why do you have fear of this? What, what happened here? You don't need that. God's trying to take out all that nasty junk out of our lives. That's the kind of transformation he's bringing. He's not trying to completely redo us so that we're something else. He's trying to take out all that stuff that is tainting us, limiting us, because like when I was in high school, and even still now, God has a lot of work to do with me. Because if I'm not up here because God asked me to, it it gets bad. I've been dragged up in front of churches before, and I'm so terrified. And people are like, what happened to you up there? Were were you okay? I'm like, that's me every other time you get me up front. If God didn't ask me to go up front, please don't ask me to go up front. Um, But God, he sees that and he's like, Tyler, I don't want that for you. You don't need that. And so he tries to take these things out of us. He can do it, but sometimes we hold on to those things because we're like, are you crazy, God? I don't want to do public speaking. I don't want any part of that. And he's like, Tyler, just let go. Let go. You don't, need, you don't want it. You don't want 
that limitation. But we limit God because we know what we can and can't do. That's not the case at all. Because God is filling the depths of our hearts with power, with his Holy Spirit. He strengthens us to face every single day of our lives. He strengthens us with power to patiently love everybody. And there's a lot of buddies out there that are not lovable. But God wants to fill us with love. It's not an earthly kind of love. It's a God Almighty kind of love. That's the kind of love he wants to put on us so that we can patiently love everybody. And it is so difficult. But he wants to work with us. And sometimes, again, we, like we're hanging on and God's like, just let go. Just let go. You don't even want this. You don't want to hold on to this bitterness or whatever it is, these things that happen to you. You don't want to hold on to that. Um, but sometimes we say to God, Lord, who am I to do such and such? I'm not perfect. I am so far from perfect. God says, great. In case you haven't noticed, nobody is perfect. And so I want to use you. And I think of Samson in the Bible. Oh, my goodness, that man was messed up. And, and he, he is somebody that God chose to do th great things through. God gave him uh, incredible strength. And you see the things that he does with it. I don't know if he's serving God or his own selfishness. He's just doing whatever he wants to do. And in the end, it's those kinds of actions that got him into trouble. It ended up with his eyes being gouged out of him. And then him being, uh, he was made to perform for the people that captured him. He had lost his strength. God took that away. You're not going to listen to God's commands. And sometimes he takes away what he's given to you. If you're not going to use it for him. And so Samson then, no eyes, and he's, being, he's been captured, and I don't think they're ever going to let him go. They're just trying to humiliate him for the rest of his life. And he says to God, one last time, would you give me the strength that I need so that I can take care of these enemies of ours? And one last time, God gave him strength, and he knocked over a couple of supporting pillars, which collapsed the whole building. He killed more of their enemies that day than he did in his, the rest of his life uh, as a whole. Nobody is perfect. And we might say to God, I can't. Do, I'm not perfect. I'm not worthy of that. Who am I to do that? God says, who are you to decide that? God is the one who knows our potential. We limit ourselves saying we can't do this. And God says, no, you can with me. I can make sure you can do that. We might also say to God, well, Lord, I'm not talented. And I, Moses had, he had like five excuses as to why he, can, he couldn't do what God wanted him to do. It, Moses was currently, he was not good at speaking. We don't know if he had a stutter or what it was or if he's just like me. But Moses was not a speaker. And he was hiding from people at that time. And God says, I'm going to make you a speaker. And the people you're going to go speak to are the people you're hiding from. Those are the people I'm going to send you to. Again, God calling people to do things that they did not want to do at all. Um, so, and actually, I was thinking of my, uh, my cross-country coach in high school. Um, he, he did not like to give the MB, MVP award for us who is not player, but is a runner, but the most valuable player, he didn't like to give that award each season. He would do up all sorts of awards and he'd give them out and because the person that was the most valuable person that they had on the team, when he would give that to people, uh, at least on our modified team, then they quit at some point. You're two down the road. Those talented people, no, 
it's too much for me. You know, it's tiring being talented. And so they give up. And God often chooses the people that are not the most talented. That he says, you're going to stick in this for the long haul. So I want you to do this. You don't think you can do this? That's okay. I'll make sure you can. I will fill you with power in the depths of your heart. My Holy Spirit will be there giving you the guidance and the power to do that. Sometimes we say, well, Lord, I just don't want to do that. Moses did that. Um, I, I was doing that. And Jonah, oh dear, that man was messed up too. <laughs> he did not want to go, he did not want to tell people about God and what God thought of the way they were living their lives because they were so messed up. They were horrible, horrible people. And Jonah, you know why? Does anybody know why Jonah did not want to go to the Ninevites? Does anybody know the answer? Hmm? Good one, but there's even more to it. Jonah did not want to go because he said in chapter 4, Lord, I knew you were a compassionate God. You're merciful. You might, if they were to change their lives, turn themselves around, you might forgive them. That's exactly why he didn't want to go there. But that is exactly the love that God has for us. God's like, Jonah, did you not realize I forgive you of a whole lot of things too? See, God loves the people of Nineveh so much that he was willing to send somebody to them. And God loved Jonah so much that he was willing to work with him and say, okay, you need this growing opportunity. I'm choosing you to go do this because obviously you haven't figured out how much love I have. So um, God doesn't always choose, like he chooses people that are not perfect, that are not talented, that don't even want to do these things. And sometimes we say, well, Lord, I'm too young or I'm too new or too inexperienced. And God says, that's not a problem. You got God Almighty. He's been around forever. First um, Timothy, uh, Paul says to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. In the, way, in the things you say, the things you do, the way you love, the faith you have in God, and the purity of your life, when you live those ways, when you live your life for God, you can be an example to people. And we can learn from anybody, people younger than us, older than, other, older than us, people that are, have been Christians longer, Christians that haven't been uh, Christians nearly as long. It doesn't matter who. We can learn from anybody because we can see the example. We can see the things that God has done in their life. It doesn't matter. These, all these limitations that we might give to God, well, this, 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 I'm not perfect, not talented, don't want to do that, I, I'm too young. It doesn't matter. What matters is what God can do because he can do immeasurably more than anything we could ask or imagine. And then going on to verse 17, it says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. Jonah hadn't quite grasped that yet, and I, I doubt any of us have completely grasped that, but what we have to grasp is that we're never going to understand 
how much love God has. What we could someday, will someday understand is that it is beyond under our understanding. His love is infinite. He has so much love. He has so much love that he sent his son to die for us, to pay the price for all the things that we have ever done wrong. And all we have to do is say, Lord, I want to give you my life. Forgive me for the things that I have done and help me to move forward, living the life that you know I can live. God wants to free us from sin and everything else that's holding us down in our lives so that we can live for him. All we have to do is say that prayer, Lord, forgive me and help me to be who you want me to be. And if we are sincere, he fills us with his Holy Spirit and he will help us to live our lives for him, making the greatest impact that we could ever make in the world. And, and what we see is great. God, what he sees as great is even more than that. And we might think of it as one way, but he also might think of it as another way. We have to have a heavenly mindset. And keep uh, continuing on, it says, And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That is what God wants for us. He wants to fill us with all of his love. He wants to fill us so that we can be free to live the lives that he knows that we can live. He wants us to forgive as he forgave us. He wants us to live not being fearful of different things. The only one that's truly worth being fearful of is God, and he's loving. And so when we live for him, if there is nothing to fear at all. Going on, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us, not our power, not anybody else's power, his power that is in work inside of us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. When we give our lives to God, it's not like we're then um, imprisoned to live as slaves to him. We're free to live for him. We're free from anything else that might hold us down. Any temptations that we might face, any, uh, any issues that we might face, we are free. That is the kind of life that he has for us. And it is immeasurably more than all we could ever ask of God, immeasurably more than all we could ever imagine. Does anybody have a great imagination? I think I have a pretty good imagination. God's imagination well, it's not imagination with him. It, it's, it's true power. And he can think of so much more. He has so much more for us. Um, thinking about, uh, well, I, I'm thinking about a guy. Um, he felt that God was calling him to go into ministry. And so he went to go take classes. He became a pastor. He got a job as a pastor. And, and lots of people think this, that they need to go and do this. And so he became a pastor and then after a while, he decided, you know, this isn't working out. And so he took a different job. People thought he was settling for God's second best for his life. He became an insurance man. And through his job working with insurance, whenever somebody who had an insurance policy, somebody died, something burned down, Whatever it is that happened, all these people that have these terrible things that happened to them in their lives, they came to him, some insurance guy. 
And he was able to minister to them in ways that he was never able to as a pastor. Sometimes we think one thing, and God's like, why are you going to limit me by that? This is what I have for you. The guy was too busy being a pastor to live the life that God had for him. It doesn't, uh, what God is calling all of us to live our lives for him. It doesn't matter what he says we can do with our lives. If we are living our lives for him, we can do so many great things for him. Um, and I was thinking about Peter. Because um, sometimes we pray and pray and pray. And we said, Lord, we, we really need you to do this. And the disciples and, and uh, many people were praying at one point because Peter had been thrown in prison. And uh, James, you know, Peter, James, and John, James had just recently been killed by the king, and the king then uh, captured Peter, and he was to go on trial the next day. Um, so Peter, <clears throat> he's in prison. They're all praying and praying and praying because they want to see Peter somehow get out of prison. God have mercy on Peter. Help him to get out of this situation. Well, Peter... He's chained up, he's, he's sleeping at night, and there's a guard on one side, a guard on another. He's chained right up, there's guards by all the doors, and in the night, an angel comes to him, and uh, I forget what the wording, it kind of sounded like he smacked Peter. <laughs> he says, all right, get up, and the chains fall right off of him. He says, all right, get your shoes on, get dressed, let's go. And the guards, they're just sleeping, I guess. And he, so he gets ready to go, and he's like, this is a vision of God. I, I, he's showing me something. And then he uh, walks out the door past all the guards, uh, just passing by all of the guards, and then he gets out there, and then he's like, that wasn't a vision. I'm actually out of prison. What just happened? And so then he goes to, he goes to one of the houses where people were praying for him, and he's knocking at the door, and he's like, hey, it's me, Peter. Would you let me in? And um, uh, a servant girl goes to the door, and, and she, she hears him out there. She's like, it's Peter, it's Peter, everybody, Peter is here. And they're like, you're crazy. Let's, we're too busy praying for Peter to get out here. So we, we just stop with the nonsense. We need to pray right now. And Peter's at the door, but they don't believe her. And Peter's just outside. She was so excited, she forgot to open the door. He's outside like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's like looking behind his back in case some soldiers are looking around. Maybe they figured out he's missing. So finally they open the door and there's Peter. Sometimes we're too busy praying for God to work to actually open the door and see God work. We're like, oh Lord, I need this. I need this. What am I going to do about this? And Lord, I don't, I need help. Please help me. He's like, open the door. And we just won't open the door. Open the door. See the things that God is doing all around you. I'm the kind of person, I get too cautious. And I, so I probably, I got the door locked. I, get, I got all sorts of locks on that door. I got it barricaded. I, I board it up, put a, pull a Scooby-Doo and Shaggy and put all the stuff in front of the door. Like, Lord, I'm, I'm all prepared. And he's like, Tyler, you're supposed to go open the door. Would you just take a hint already? Open it. <laughs> God has things in store for us, but sometimes we're thinking this, and God's thinking this, and we're just on a completely wrong page. We're over there praying, and he's over here working. But sometimes it's not easy to live for God. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. 
He has overcome the world, and he did. He died, and three days later, he came back to life. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He, he's, he's amazing. And so, living for God, we might say, well, I don't want to be like Peter. I don't want to be thrown in prison. I don't want to be like Paul. He was thrown in prison. I don't want to be like John. He wasn't, he, he wasn't killed or thrown in prison. Instead, he was stranded on an island. We might think about all these things and be like, oh, I, don't, I don't know if I really want to give all my life to God. That sounds pretty scary. We have to have a heavenly mindset. Because when we're living for God, was, was Paul so scared when he was in prison? No, he's writing letters. Like this book, Ephesians. He was writing letters. He was still working. He's in prison. You think, well, he doesn't, he doesn't get to do anything more. Well, no, he's still busy working because wherever we are, God always has things for us to do. We just have to do it. And while we're doing it, our needs will be met, and we will have everything that we need. And here Paul is. All his needs are met in prison. He was shipwrecked at one point, and he still, all his needs were met. It didn't matter. God is amazing. He has immeasurably more. He, he is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. It is according to his power in us that he wants to work in our lives. That is the kind of life he has for us. We don't have to be scared of all the things. Perfect love casts out all fear. We don't have to be scared of the things he might ask us to do. We don't have to be terrified if we're a terrible public speaker. We don't have to be terrified of God calling us to do public speaking because it's okay. God has our back. He's got this in the bag. We don't have to be scared of whatever it is that God might ask us to do. And oddly enough, I hate public speaking every other time, but when I'm doing it for God, I enjoy it because I know I'm doing what God wants me to do. God has such amazing plans for us. Uh, it, it's just incredible, all the things that he has for us. All the things that the disciples went through, they couldn't be happier. They couldn't be happier because they were giving their lives to God, and that was all that they needed. God is amazing. That is the life that he has for us. It doesn't matter how hard it might be, because when we're giving it all to God, when we just let God take care of it, He's going to take care of the hard stuff. We just have to let him be immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. It's so hard, isn't it, to let God do what he can do? But we need to not limit God. We need to not tell God, this is what I can't and can and can't do. We need to not tell that to God. Um, if, uh, and we have to be thinking, are there things that we need to change in our lives? And, and it's not so much us changing our lives, it's letting God change our lives. So we can say, Lord, I know I need to not do this. And God says, well, great. The solution is more of God. Because the more of God we welcome into our hearts, the more we are not caught up by things like holding on to our notes because we're desperately scared. God is incredible and able to do immeasurably more than all we can ever ask or imagine. But we have to be thinking, what does God want for us? What more does he have in store for us? How much more does he have for our, our lives that we're not actually doing? How much more does he have for us? And how much more do we have to just let him do what he wants to do? Let him have his way in our lives. And going on to the next chapter, 
is in Ephesians. As a prisoner of the Lord, then, this is Paul speaking, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. I don't know what it is that God has asked you to do with your life, but whatever it is, do it all for God. Because when you're doing it all for God, that is when you're going to see him work in amazing ways. You might not see all of the things that he is doing, but God is working. Our labor is not in vain. What we do for God is worth it. Give everything to God and see so much more. There are going to be more challenges, but it's a better impact. And our reward is more of God. Our reward is not heaven. Our reward is more of God getting to be with him for the rest of eternity. And not just, you know, when we die. Right now, I get to have God with me. You get to have God with you right where we are right now. All the worries of life, God has them under control. Doesn't look under control to us because there's all sorts of chaos in the world around us. But God is amazing and he is able to do immeasurably more. And so when we're living with him, we can trust God has this. We can take all these burdens off of us and just give them to him. And it is so relieving. I urge you, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Whatever it is God is asking you to do in your life, big things, small things, your whole life or just part of your life, whatever it is, let God do immeasurably more. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for all that you have done in our lives, all that you have in store for us. Lord, help us to give you everything. And Lord, if we've never prayed that prayer, Lord, we can pray that prayer right now. Lord, help me to live for you. Forgive me and help me to live the life you want me to live. And if we've prayed that prayer so many times, we can always pray it again. We have to pray it every day, basically. Lord, I know no, but we're not perfect. Forgive us and help us to live for you. Lord, I don't know how much we are living for you or how much more you have for us, but whatever it is that you have in store for us, help us to accept more of you. Help us to be with you more, that we would accept more of you in our hearts, in the depths of our hearts, not keeping anything from you. Whatever it is that you have in store for us, Lord, help us to just go with it and to see you do incredible things in the world changing lives around us changing our lives thank you lord amen please stand on in your life i don't know the things that god has planned for you the things that you do i don't know the challenges that you face but God always has more, and it's always good. He is good. He is love. So let God do the more that he has for your life. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever imagine or ask, to him be the power and the glory forever and ever. Let it be so.